Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. What's up? What's up, everybody? How's it going? It's, 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 it's nice to be here. Super nice to be here. I've been to your guys' church a couple times, experienced your worship nights, which are awesome. Super awesome, those worship nights. And then I got to experience uh, some of your Sunday services. When Kina was here, she did the, uh, the Coke demonstration. Uh, Coca-Cola the soda, just to clarify. Just to, just to clarify, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, that was about a month ago, and I've been seeing you guys, uh, following you guys on social media, and I just love just your church. Every It's cool, like, um, just traveling and seeing different churches. Every church has such a different dynamic. Um, me and Kina and, 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 and Drew, uh, we, we, we really love this church. Um, bec- and one of the reasons is uh, because most of you guys are our age, um, from our church, we're like all in the smack dab in the middle. There's a lot of people that's older than us with like five kids and you know, they're like, like retiring now and there's a lot of kids that's younger than us, like middle school and high school. And it's just us, we're just like this island of just young adults. Uh, but when we come here, we're like, dang, just every single face is just like, man, like I, I, I don't know, it feels like, feels like home. Um, and that, that's actually the name of our church, Home Church. Um, and. We didn't steal your logo. You would kind of imagine it would be the same logo, house and home. Uh, our logo is just a triangle on top with a square on the bottom, and the middle line's erased. So that's, that, it's nothing, nothing near your guys' logo at all. <laughs> but yeah, I'm related to CC and Ken. Um, I'm actually Ken's little brother, as you can see. You can see the, the yeah, yeah, we look identical. Um, but yeah, um, me, me and CC, and uh, there's one more sister in between us, Monica. And um, yeah, think think uh, that's about it. But I'm I'm stoked to share with you guys today. Uh, uh, Cece was telling me, and Kenna was telling me, man, just with some stuff going on uh, around the church, and I've just been praying. And through their conversation, um, I want to be talking to you guys about disciples, making disciples today. And this message is heavily. I mean, all messages are honestly unoriginal. You know, they all come from the Bible or they come from another pastor. But, you know, all pa- just behind the scenes, all pastors bite off from other pastors, right? Um, but, yeah, this message is called Multiply. So if you're interested, if this topic hits you, if it's something you've been really thinking about, um, there's a book called Multiply by Francis Chan. And there's another uh, lesser-known book called Making Disciples. This is where I really got um, all, most of the material. It's called Making Disciples by Ralph Moore. So those two books, check them out. Cool. So before we jump into it, I'm going to have you guys actually turn to your Bibles or on your phones or whatever to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18, and Matthew 28, verse 18. Being a youth pastor, I have to get used to doing that because I could say it three times and they'll make, it, they'll make me repeat it three more times because they weren't paying attention. So it helps. It helps. All right. And we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a bit. All right. 
Real quick question by a show of hands, uh, and don't feel bad if you're like actually like maybe in one or you actually sell this type of stuff. Don't feel bad. I'm, it's 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 just a joke. Um, anyone been part of a pyramid scheme, or 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 has anyone had it? Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, or, or actually, has anyone experienced a pyramid scheme? Try to get pulled into one. Okay, okay. Okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe a lot of us have been recruited by one. So if you don't know what a pyramid scheme is, it's actually, it's actually very genius. It's a very genius concept. Um, what they do, so there's a lot of different companies out there. Um, some sell, like, life insurance, and some sell, like, um, mobile services, and... They have a service that they sell to customers, but their main way, their main pitch is to recruit team members. Come join the team. Come join the team. Uh, but what you don't know, what they're really saying, is that they're saying, hey, come make money from me. Come make money from me. Because if I recruit you three, and you, and you guys recruit three more people each, that equals nine, right? Three times three is nine. I'm getting all like part of their money, and it just adds up. And if those nine recruit three each, you see how it kind of adds up. And eventually, eventually, I have this little army working for me, and I can you know get retired and stuff like that. Um, so that's how it works. It's very, very genius, very effective actually. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I found out about it about like, like it was like nine years ago. It's when I met my my bro Drew. Um, we were both, I think, 18 at the time, and his sister was uh, in one. It was called ACN. And, and ring a bell? No, no, ACN. Um, they sold mobile services and like internet services and stuff like that. I had no idea what this was, you know. And it's always very subtle. If 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 someone is recruiting you to a pyramid scheme, you won't know it. They're not going to be like, hey, I have a pyramid scheme, come on down. It's always going to start out very subtle, like, uh, hey, uh, I, I, I'm having a barbecue, man, and I got some friends that we just want to just, you know. You know, they make it sound very fun. There's going to be some, you know, some, some food, man, just come through, you know, we could just chat and catch up. Um, so we went, and uh, we all sat on the couch, and it was the pitch, and they told us about the residual income, the pyramid scheme, just like, man, if you get five people and they get five people, man, they're going to make bank. Um, but then on the side, they're like, hey, but we also sell mobile services, right? So after it was done, one of the team members came to me and sat right down next to me, and she was so enthusiastic, just so happy. She's like, dude, so, man, what'd you think of it? And I was like, dude, it's dope, man. It's cool. Yeah, it's sick. Um, uh, and, um, but I wasn't really interested in joining the team. I, I, don't, I didn't have confidence. I wasn't, I mean, I, I liked it, but I just, I, you know, I didn't, um, I wasn't into it that much to join. So she was like, man, would you want, do you want to join the team? Do you want to join the team? And um, I said, no, uh, I'm not really interested in joining the team, but I am interested in your, your mobile service that you sell because uh, that could probably help us out financially. And all her enthusiasm just left. It just, it just, it just left. She was like, oh, oh, cool. All right. All right. Uh, well, here, sign your name here, and we'll give you a call back. Um, I never got a call back. <laughs> never got a call back. It's been it's been nine years, and I get it. If 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 I was her, if I was her, I'll be mad too. Cause her goal isn't just for me to give her money. Her goal is for me to recruit people and recruit people and recruit recruit people so that money can just add up for her. Right? Right? It's not just enough for me to give them money. It's for me to make them money. Right? Makes sense. This makes sense. Um, so it's all about multiplication. 
multiplying. You can kind of see where this is going. Christianity shares the same exact concept when it comes to making disciples, when it comes to sharing the gospel, the same exact, gospel, uh, same exact concept, except it's not selfish. It's not, hey, hey uh, you know, you tell your friends about Jesus and I'm going to get rich. You know, um, you tell your friends about Jesus and I'll, and I'll, I don't know, I'll just stay the same financially or, or you know, whatever, whatever happens to me. Um, and it all roots back to Jesus Christ. I don't know how many people are in the church, the Christian church today. It's in the millions. We could all trace back. We could, like, like, all you guys have different stories. Why am I here today? Well, I don't know, you saw it on a post that someone posted. Your friend invited you. Well, then how did they hear about this? Their friend invited you, right? It keeps on going. It keeps on tracing back. It traces all the way back to Jesus and the 12 disciples. If you know about Judas, it was really 11 disciples. Um, We don't talk about Judas. But Jesus had these 11 disciples, and he just poured into them. Yes, he preached. He's preached to the multitudes, but he lived life with 11 disciples, pouring into them every single day, um, kind of correcting them, being available. And like they were just asking questions, very ridiculous questions. Um, but he was just there for them. And just living life with him, they all spread out. And eventually, those 11 turned into thousands. Those thousands turned into 10,000. And it was just because of this process of multiplication. Those 11 made 11. Those 20, you know, you, you guys get it. You guys get it. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because it's not enough just to invite someone to church. That's always cool. That's always part of it. Please, keep inviting your friends to church. Yes, that's, that's part of it. Um, that's probably how you guys got here, right? But it's not just about just inviting one person by one person or one person to invite to church. It's about making a disciple who also makes disciples, that also makes disciples, that also makes disciples. Um, so Matthew 28, verse 18. You guys still there? You guys still there? Yeah. All right, cool. So Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus died and he rose again, and this is one of the last Things. This is called the Great Commission. This is one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he went back up to, uh, to Daddy, to, to the Father. All right, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That was his, one of his last things before um, uh, ascending into heaven. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. So just bring it back to the pyramid scheme, you know, Pyramid scheme, it's about making money makers that make money makers that make money makers, right? Same thing with disciples. It's about making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It's not just, it's not just, um, and it's not just those around you, it's going beyond you. It's those around you, but it's also those beyond you. Um, real quick question, I don't know if you guys know, I, I should have Googled this information beforehand, but it just, I don't know, if, if you know the answer, just shout it out. Uh, Steve Jobs, was the dongle his idea? Was taking out the audio jack his idea? Does anyone know? 
Okay. Okay, I want to I say no, it wasn't, right? Steve Jobs died. When Steve Jobs was alive, Apple was amazing. Now, this is opinion. I mean, you guys may hate on Apple. You guys may disagree. Like, hey, actually, Apple's getting better, but whatever. This is my opinion. Um, so Steve Jobs died, and Apple, I feel like they're scrambling for new ideas. I feel like the comp- they, they just don't know what to do with the next thing ever since Steve Jobs died. What, is that, what, what does that say to us about Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs never invested into somebody else his ideas that will outlive him. When Steve Jobs died, we can kind of say Apple died. If he discipled somebody and just poured into him like, hey, this is where my thoughts come from. This is my goal. This is my innovation right here. I'm going to die one day, but I want you to carry it on. I would think, I would think that audio jack uh, thing would never happen. Um, I'm, that is, I'm, I'm infuriated. I had the six still, so I still got it, you know. Kina got the seven, and it's, it's so inconvenient, just so inconvenient, just each, each, each time. Um, she, she, forgot, she forgets the dongle or something like that, and she wants to play her music, but I'm like, oh, that sucks for you. I'm going to play mine. Um, anyways, anyways, that's, that's just an example. Something that outlasts you. We're all going to pass one day. We're all going to die one day, and that's not a bad thing. You know, we go to heaven. Um, but disciple-making is about investing into people, not just around you, but beyond you as well. And usually what happens uh, with uh, Christianity, usually, maybe we've all experienced this. Um, If you've been Christian for a while, this is probably what you've experienced. When you first got Christian, there's this term that we use. It's called on fire. Right when you're Christian, man, I'm on fire. If you you know a new Christian, most likely you'll say, man, man, I'm at... uh, I met uh, Billy the other day. Man, Billy's on fire. <clears throat> and um, that usually means that, like, man, they're just going after God. Just this, just this escalating, just shooting up to the top, um, wanting to do ministry, just wanting to do so much, so hungry and thirsty. But usually what happens, the fire eventually dies, all right? Not really. You know, the Holy Spirit's fire, that, that never dies. But our passionate, our flesh the passion kind of dies. The emotions die out, right? And then we usually reach this plateau. And usually during that time, we get kind of off track and we lose track and mindset of what Christianity really is. Usually during those times, it's not wrong, it's natural, but we start becoming unsatisfied with our lives. We start becoming frustrated with God. We start wanting things that God never really promises us. But we think he does. You know, we think like he's this genie sometimes. Like, man, when's God going to give me this? When's God going to give me this? And God's like, man, I never really promised you those things. You kind of lost track. You know, we, we kind of, that, that happens to us a lot. We lose track where it stops becoming about God and other people and starts becoming about us. But remember, Jesus' theme was go and make disciples, not go and make money. Not go and make a family. Not go and, you know, make your paradise and your comfortable life. Jesus said, go and make disciples. God is about the expansion of his kingdom, not our kingdom. Right? Right? We could think, we could get it twisted. We could start complaining and being unsatisfied. It's okay to want things. It's all right. Wanting a spouse or wanting a family, those are great things to want. And I believe if you do desire them, um, God will, God will give it to you, but that's a whole entire another message. I'm not going to go into that. Um, but we could get it twisted. 
we can get it really twisted where we start making it about us and our desires. But God's saying, man, remember, my command was to go and make disciples. That's it. All right. Okay, so you guys get it. Go and make disciples. That made disciples, right? How? How do we do that? So uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So just flip to the right. You're going to skip Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Eventually you'll hit Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. All right, so remember, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, go and make disciples, right? But right after that, the disciples didn't make disciples. You know, he didn't just say, hey, just go, just leave, just walk out the door, just start doing it right now. Let's read this, and let's see what Jesus says to his disciples. So Acts 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. One more time, verse 5, verse 5. I'm just going to read that. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you weren't here for Kina's uh, Coca-Cola demonstration, uh, we had two cans of Coke, and they were, both, uh, they were both filled, and they were both unopened. And there was one that you know it's filled, and then she had me come up and shake the other one, and we didn't open it. You know, it would have been a mess. But you could have imagined that if you open a shaken, a shaken, whatever, uh, you know, a shook, um, shook Coca-Cola can, it will spray everywhere, right? It will spray everywhere. When you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But there is, a, there is another event that Acts chapter 2, if you're really interested in this, go to Acts chapter 2 later, and that has all the information about this subsequent event. It's another event. Sometimes you get it without asking for it. Sometimes you get it during worship. Sometimes, sometimes when you're saved, you actually get it. But it's this event called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you cannot make disciples if you do not have the Holy Spirit. You cannot make disciples if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you disciple people without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you end up with shallow and hypocritical Christians. If you look at the American church today, man, the world hates Christians. Right? I think, right? If you go on the internet, man, just, there's so many Christians that give us a bad name. And it's because they were doing Christianity without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't fueled with love. It wasn't filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It was filled with their flesh and their thoughts. That's what, that's what would have happened if the disciples just left without the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, and they just left, 
um, man, they would have made very shallow, hypocritical, judgmental disciples. Jesus knew that, man, they need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to actually make true disciples. We cannot do this on our own. So first and foremost, how do you become a disciple maker that makes disciple makers? Be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now that, again, that's a whole other message, but uh, I mean, your leaders of this church could, could tell you all about it. If you guys have been to prayer and prophecy nights, you guys probably don't know. You guys probably are baptized in the Holy Spirit because you can't prophesy without the power, without being uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit. Again, that's a whole other topic, but that's number one. If you want to make disciples, seek and learn and ask about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's when you start overflowing. And it's not your thoughts, it's not your flesh, it's not your power, it's God's power. And he's going to tell you what to say because you, you, you need that. You need that guidance. All right, and then number two, number two, you don't, you don't have to turn here, but if you're, if you're uh, taking notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. It says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's Paul talking to, uh, he says that to uh, a church called the Corinthians. And he just says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So first, in order to become a disciple maker, be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Second, in order to disciple someone, you need to be discipled by someone. All right? I don't know basketball at all. Uh, me and Kina, we're not your average couple. Um, I grew up with two sisters, and she grew up with four brothers. So you could do the math with that. Uh, I grew up watching Disney, and she grew up watching, like, Raider games and stuff like that. So she knows all about sports. I know all about, you know, Frozen. Um, so uh, don't hit me up for basketball. You know, I never got coached. I never got coached. I never really was interested in it. You want to learn how to play, you wanna learn how to play basketball? Hit Kina up because she was coached how to play basketball. And there, because she was coached, she knows how to teach. You only could teach if you learn, right? Right, that's, that, that's, that's how it works. So don't, um, I mean, discipling kids sound intimidating. Like if I just throw you a Bible and say like, hey, disciple that guy in the tenderloin, you know, you're like, what the heck? Like, where do I start? Well, first be discipled by someone and just replicate or nah, don't, don't replicate, but just do what you guys did with that. Just take whatever that person did with you and do that, do that with the next person. Of course, it's not going to look exactly the same. You've got to change it up. You've got to use the power of the Holy Spirit to, you know, have guidance and wisdom, right? That's, um, that's what it's about. So how to disciple people. Baptism of the Holy Spirit and be discipled first. So um, I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And, uh, oh, oh, shoot, okay. Ken just nodded his head. It was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> for sure, for sure. And just some, just some questions maybe to think about and uh, kind of a, have a response time and be praying about this, like, throughout the whole week or, you know, whatever, how long it takes for, for us to get started with this. Now, I know this word is for literally every Christian. You are disciple makers. But just in the back there, when I was standing with my wife, Kina, I'm just kind of sorry. I'm, I was staring at you guys. I was staring at you guys. Um, but I felt like God was just really speaking. I kind of want to make eye contact with all you guys. And I feel like just God is saying, you are a 
disciple maker. You are a disciple maker. You are a disciple maker. Disciple makers are not speakers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, our, our church today, there's this culture of like, oh, man, the stage. I honestly do not like that. I, uh, we, me and Drew and uh, our pastor at the church, man, there's this thing about the stage. I mean, it's what we have today, so we have to deal with it. But um, there's this thing about the stage that just it was not an axe. In Acts, they didn't say, hey, let's go to the stadium and let's have like five people go down there and they'll be the main leaders. No. This is, I think, uh, kind of prophetic. Like, church was in a house. A house. There was no one in the center. Everyone was baptized in the Holy Spirit and everyone shared. Everyone shared. Everyone was the pastor. It wasn't that one go-to guy that he knew. Oh, that's, like, that's Paul. Me, I'm, I don't, I'm just the sound guy. Or I'm just a member. No, you're not members. God is commissioning you, every single person here, to be a disciple maker. And in a way, pastors. Because all a pastor is, is someone who lives life with somebody else, pouring into somebody. You don't have to know everything. I never went to Bible school. I'm a youth pastor. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> God, of course, right? Just this submission to God. And he wants every single one of you to be pastors. Pastors is not this person up front with a mic and, you know, every single Sunday. No, true pastors are just the ones who say, hey, come into my house. What Ken was talking about. Come into my house. Or let me go to your house. Let's have some coffee. I don't know if I could say this, but let's have a beer. Let's have a beer, yeah? Yeah, let's have a brew, man. IPAs, yeah? Um, <laughs> and just sitting down just doing life with someone, man. I just got this quick story uh, um, there's a super, super awkward, quiet guy at, a, uh, at our church. He's 21. Never had a drink before 21. I never met someone like that. Oh, you, you never drank before? You, like, usually you drink before you're 21. And, you know, by the time you're 21, like, you know what you want. But this guy's so pure and innocent. I'm just like, dang, this is cool, man. Very, very, very awkward dude. Um, but I realized something about him is that he says yes to just everything. There's this couple that's remodeling their house uh, last week. And um, he was the only one I could think of because they called me. It's like, hey, do you know anyone that, that could help? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I can lend a hand, but I, I know this other guy. I think he could too. He said yes every single day, sometimes six hours. Sometimes it was only three hours a day or something like that. But he says yes to every single thing. And I feel like God's just highlighting him to me saying, I want you to disciple that guy. Don't just take him out for a Bible study. Take him out for a beer. Don't just take him out for a beer. Take him out to a family party or something like that. Take him into your life and just let him live with you. We are who we are today because of the people that we grew up with. We have all been discipled by somebody, not in maybe a religious context, but maybe, you know, uh, by our parents for sure. Uh, maybe there were bad examples, but you were discipled by them. You know, the, you know your bad habits that you have today? It's because uh, maybe you were discipled by someone that taught you those things. We're all being discipled. It's just, who do you spend your time around? Who do you spend your time around? So, just to kind of give you guys some things to think about. Do they stand during this time? Okay. Um, if we could all stand. If we could all stand. Just, just three things. 
We're all at different stages, but I believe there's three stages. First stage, you might be this. You might be like, man, I don't even know what Christianity is. I, this sounds intense, man. You're already talking about me going up to people. I, I don't even know who I am. Maybe the first thing is just your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. You can't love until you know that you're filled with the love of God. And maybe that's the first thing. Maybe you're like, man, disciple making, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what this is. But maybe it's just knowing who God is, knowing who you are in God, knowing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's just between you and God, mate, just during this time, just listen and just wait. Whatever God is speaking to you guys. Number two, maybe you do know God. You've been walking with God for a while. You know, you guys are on good terms, you know. And um, maybe he's highlighting people to disciple you. Maybe you're like, man, I don't know who could disciple me. I don't, I'm new to this church. Be praying for that. God, I want a mentor. I want someone that could disciple me. I want someone that could take me and just kind of pour into me. Ask God for that, and he will give one to you. Probably right next to you. I don't know. Number three, maybe you are being discipled by someone. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Last thing to ask is, God, who could I disciple? Who around me needs help? And most likely, they're not going to be the best of the bunch. Like I said, this dude I'm, um, I'm trying to disciple is very awkward. There's other people in our lives that's very messy, um, just, the, just the worst, kind of like, like um, you would never see them as this Christian. But God is saying, hey, I want you to go after them, you know? So be thinking of those things during this time. So uh, let's pray, let's pray. God, I pray for every single person in this room, including myself. And I pray, God, that you just reveal to us the people around us. Highlight them to us, God. Highlight people that we need to be mentored by and highlight people that we need to mentor, God. And I pray for everyone in this room, you just draw us closer to you, fill us up, Holy Spirit, and let us overflow. In the name of Jesus, we cannot do this without your power, God. We need you. Speak to us right now. Encourage us, God. Reveal to us your guidance and your direction. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.